Welcome to the Nerdaplexi Comic Movie Review Show. In this series, we are going to break down and analyze every comic movie released between 1989's Batman all the way to 2008's Iron Man. We are going to track the trends, hype the hits, and dunk on the duds, all in search of the perfect convergence of comics and cinema. Joining me on this epic journey is my longtime friend and frequent co-conspirator, Sam. Spank me. And helping us out on this one is our own personal sugar and spice. It's Dave. Joygasm. Oh, God. They're trying to sell toys to kids. You can't say that, Jim. You can't say it. I guarantee it wasn't in the script. You're not allowed to say it. That was the first. No, that's you've done it now. So sit back, relax, and grab your cod piece as we dive into Batman Forever. Oh man, the music is so good. Those are the worst two. Those are the worst two. Yeah, we nailed it. I think there's worse, but they'll come up organically. In my mind, the bat nipples, bat butt, bat abs, that happened in the George Clooney one. But I guess I was wrong. It's just Joel Schumacher loves them nipples and butts. Oh, he does. And cods. This is the one with the full butt money shot. Yeah. It gets its own sound effect to go, it's a solid 10 seconds. What came first, Joel Schumacher watching Tombstone and thinking, man, I got to get Val Kilmer for this sucker? Or he saw Val Kilmer's butt in passing and was like, that would fit right in the suit that I have in mind. It was Tombstone. That was he saw Tombstone and he was like, that's Batman. I couldn't agree more. Yeah, And hey, spoiler, no spoiler. This movie's not bad because of Val Kilmer. He might have wanted to see his butt and thought it's the perfect way to see his butt. This is the only <laughs> way. We're going to need to get you in for six hours to form a prosthesis. We need a mold of your uh, <laughs> your butt. Before we get into too much of this, let's get some stats. This one was released June 16th, 1995, directed by Joel Schumacher, starring Val Kimmler, Tommy Lee Jones, Jim Carrey, Nicole Kidman, and many others. So many. Only two of which are returning. This is a murderer's row. This whole cast is amazing. Uh, does anyone remember the first time they saw this one? Probably the second weekend it was out in theaters. This is prime movie going time for me. It would have been years later on VHS. I'm still not to my sweet spot. My sweet spot begins with Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, the movie. Interesting you should mention Power Rangers, the movie, because that also ends a sweet spot for me, which is the drive-in movie sweet spot, which is for sure where I saw this one on a double feature guaranteed. I don't know if you guys remember it all, but this was one of the most hyped movies I've ever experienced. Probably until Phantom Menace, this was like the craziest hype I've ever seen for a, a thing ever. That that Seal music video played like every 20 minutes on MTV. Baby! I remember him being on Regis and Kathy Lee because he did the song for Batman Forever. Crazy. Did you guys um have any of the collectible glass McDonald's goblets for this? There's a 100% chance that we had McDonald's toys from this. We had every McDonald's toy. We were more Burger King kids. I think this was one of those ones that it was goblet or toy, so you could still get toy. You might have had to purchase them separate, I believe, is it was the deal. Right, so we would have had the toys, not the goblets. We weren't paying extra money. At no, the, that sounds right. That sounds right. We were Monday 25-cent burger sack family. I had the, one of the goblets, the Riddler one where his cane is the handle. They had pogs. Oh, yes. Okay, I hear. I'm seeing the complete set. Not bad. 45 bucks on eBay. I would say that's too much for pogs. Yeah, you can have them all. There's 32 of them. It's only a little over a dollar per pog. Oh, I have the uh, Batman in a Batplane. <laughs> it's fun. My memory was of the Batman Returns cars where it had the Batmobile, Batman in the, like a little tank. 
penguin and Catwoman in a cat car, which are kind of based on the animated series one. There's like more of an overlap there with Batman Returns. And I do not remember the pogs. I did have the glasses and I did remember the kiss from a rose. I was shocked that that song was not in the movie somewhere except on the credits. Not even one second of the movie. Hold me, throw me, kiss me, kill me was a bigger get. They wanted Bono to be in the movie. What did they want him to be? One of his like alter ego, Chris Gaines personas. It was like MacGuff or something like that. Can we talk about Chris Gaines? Chris Gaines is maybe one of the funniest things ever. I don't know much about Chris Gaines. Chris Gaines is Garth Brooks trying to do like a rock album. And there's, oh. if you can find on YouTube, there's, there's like a documentary, the story of Chris Gaines. It's so corny and hilarious. Mr. Mac Fisto is the personality that they want. Mac Fisto. Mm-hmm. Mr. Mac Fisto. Mac, M-A-C. Not like Mufisto. Mac Fisto. No, Mick Fisting. Yeah, we got it. That was his stage persona for the Zoo TV tour in 92. But they wanted Mr. Mac Fisto to be in Batman. And he said, no, but I'll give you Love Me, Kill Me instead. And they guess they were pretty pleased with that because they made a pretty big deal about it. I remember the radio would be like, all right, here's a new one from U2 frontman Bono. And then it, they played it. And I was like, well, I mean, OK, that's like fine. But then I heard it nonstop for like six months. And fucking now I love it. That's a great oh, song. See, I went the other way. I liked it OK at first. And I was like, I can't listen to this song anymore. No, I'm brainwashed. I'm not a big U2 fan either. I've been to two U2 concerts, but before the concerts had little to no knowledge of them. And still, I have little to no knowledge of Bono. Other than that, Mr. McFisto fact and... The fact that the bass player is called The Edge. Cool. I went to one because someone gave me tickets and Interpol was opening for him. While we're kind of off topic, we haven't really gotten started on the movie yet. I did just want to say that Spice in this movie, who is Debbie Mazur, she's also in Beethoven's second. Of course. That makes sense. She's in a lot of stuff. Which, I mean, that's not really anything. But I did see that and remember that Beethoven's second is a thing. And maybe the best sequel joke name? It definitely is the best name for a movie. It's perfect. I think that's what's wrong with the movie as well, is that they knew they fucking nailed the title, and then they said, who cares? Who cares what's in it? We don't have to stick the landing on anything else. No, yeah. It's called Beethoven's Second, y'all. We're done. Go home. It's good. If we get to a fifth, you're going to be kissing my ass. (laughs) (laughs) Did they? She's also in a bunch of Madonna music videos and L.A. Law, but also Goodfellas. That's what I know her from. Oh, yes. And Sugar is Drew Barrymore. Come on. You know Drew Barrymore. Which is just insane. Now, this is pure hearsay, but apparently they wanted Jenna McCarthy for Sugar, and she turned it down. That would have been wild. That's Jim Carrey's future ex-girlfriend. True. Future baby mama as well, I think. So I guess it's time we should talk about the movie. Oh, this is hot off the heels of Tombstone for Val Kilmer. Jim Carrey, this is right after Ace Ventura. He was making that and they scooped him up immediately for this. Nicole Kidman had been, she was a relative unknown. Also hot off of Richie Rich, another billionaire sexy man. I mean, I guess that's true. It's technically correct. Cadbury, Alfred. I mean, it's like the same movie. Yeah, so there's lots of speculation about this, and the rumors about the casting for this movie are crazy, and there's a lot of apocryphal making of things that get said a lot. I don't know if we talked about this on Batman Returns or not, but Tim Burton did have a three in mind, 
and he had a lot of casting in mind as well. I, I believe, was it Marlon Wayans was slated to play Robin? Billy D. Williams. Rene Russo was Chase Meridian, which is the name of a bank, if you ask me. <laughs> a wholly made-up character. They wanted a character who was a psychologist, so. So far, you can't have a movie without a love interest. Fair enough. You for sure could, but they wanted it. They wanted Michael Keaton. Michael Keaton did not want this movie. His quote was something to the effect of, no, thank you, I don't ever want to be in a cartoon. Because that's kind of what they were going for. I watched a couple interviews with Joel Schumacher and some of the other cast, and it really shows in the movie, but I feel like their touch point was more the TV show than it ever was the comics. And Joel Schumacher says he wanted it to be more like year one, but I can't see any, I mean, there's some parts of that they said they didn't want it to be dark because McDonald's said they wouldn't sponsor another dark Batman. So they wanted to keep it lighter. But even still, all the bones of this very much seem to be based in the TV show. I think I probably saw the same one. I don't think it was actually Joel Schumacher. It was one of the producers saying that this is very much Batman and Robin running on giant typewriters style, like goofy 50s, 60s. Not TV show, but 50s, 60s comics. And Joel Schumacher has stated that he's like a huge Batman comics fan. The Bill Finger stuff. Right. The more like serialized, really strange stuff. And Tim Burton hates Batman. So that's where his comes from. This felt like they tried Adam Westy style Batman, but sort of just kept being boring the whole time. Which is kind of the exact opposite of what they were going for is as bombastic as possible. And it's so bombastic, it just becomes... It was just, yeah, it's just flat. I'm going to say up front, I like this one, but this time I watched it in one and a half times speed. <laughs> <laughs> I seriously think it had a lot to do with like my enjoyment because the pacing seemed like, this is great. You know, it was like floating through. Nobody was doing anything really stilted or too weird. It was goofy, but the goofs were brief because of that. And I think that's the real secret. If you can watch this in 1.5x... That's right in the sweet spot, baby. The rest of us who did it in slow time, I feel, may have thought it dragged a little bit. I couldn't believe this was two hours. It seems short now by movie standards, but I think you probably could have gotten in and out in 90 minutes on this one. But they built all these big ass sets and they it, you're going to see them. I believe the original intention was to make it three hours long. And they said, absolutely not. The studio really put their foot down there. Thank goodness. The studio notes are apparent and you can see it right out of the gate. Now, I do admit it's a good joke. It feels a little weird to happen immediately when Alfred asks, Can I persuade you to take a sandwich with you, sir? I'll get drive through. A good joke. Like it as a McDonald's commercial. Pretty shook that they put it in the movie. Yeah, it was rough to see in the movie. I think you can get away with it at the top, actually. Yeah, right up front. You're still in, like, trailer territory. People are still deciding if they want to stay in the movie theater. It was just such a cool suit up scene, and then it seemed a little undercut to me, and then that feeling carried on as soon as we got to see old Mr. Two-Face himself. This movie, very phallic. The Batmobile, the bat suit with the nips. Now, Batman's codpiece is kind of okay. That's just like, yeah, okay, it's a weird molded suit. It's going to look like that. Robin's codpiece is absolutely ridiculous. I'm going to see if I can throw a pick up in the chat for y'all. Oh, I call that a meat suit, M-E-A-T. Um, <laughs> whenever he pops in with his suit, Batman says, Who's your tailor? I wish that Alfred would have had said the full sense. He said, I took the liberty, sir. But I wish he would have said the, the whole thing that was in the script. Which is, I took the liberty, sir, of giving him that tremendous rubbery bulge. 
<laughs> that was literally the tagline before the studio came in. I wish they didn't cut that part. The poster was just a shot of it zoomed in on Chris O'Donnell's bulge. Are we starting the plot in earnest? That's a good idea. After we get a little gander at these wieners. You're going to want to see those. You're going to like the way they look. I guarantee it. <laughs> so it's a little hard to see in this picture. No, it ain't. <laughs> Robin, if you look and at really Robin's looking. cod piece, it's textured. Let me see if I can get you the opposite <laughs> angle, the left. That ween is textured. It's ribbed. But look how thick Batman's is. That's a genuine chode. We got a certified chode on our hands. A little tuna can. It is absolutely <laughs> sturdy. Okay, this is, I really hope I can get this image. Can I get a big one? Okay, yeah, there we go. Stuff. My searches and my downloads folder looks so fucked up because of this podcast. <laughs> I mean, it's pretty fucked up already, but the pod is doing me no favors. Even better, though, than the cod piece is the, like, rippling abs. What functional purpose? <laughs> Look at that line down the middle. They put a fucking vein on it. It's thicker than a Snickers. That's so wild. <laughs> they gave him a full fucking weenus. Maybe maybe it was just necessity. Chris O'Donnell just got an elephant trunk in there. Yeah, he's like, we tried We tried a couple other models, and he, he just wouldn't fit. This is as good as it gets. You should have seen the first two drafts. <laughs> it was just no pants. <laughs> the final draft after this one is they were going to have to just cut a hole in it. <laughs> Cods aside, Batman, he's out on the case. The bat signal is flying. Hey, thank Cod. Thank Cod. Two-Face. Cod, damn it. Has killed a couple of security guards and he's spared the final one on account of his crazy coin and uses that hostage to trap Batman Inside a vault full of boiling acid. Boiling acid! <laughs> yeah, his narration is hilarious. A great take. My shoes are melting! Before he jumps into battle, though, Batman does stop to have a little chitty chat with Commissioner Gordon, who is returning Pat Hingle. He's back. And Chase Meridian. Here they have a fresh-faced Nicole Kidman. The sultry meet-cute scene here. It is sweltering. This is by far the sexiest Batman, probably because of the cod piece, but maybe not as sexiest, but most sexual, I would say. Por que no less does. This horny Batman. Things can be two things. Tommy Lee <laughs> Jones here is playing Two-Face. We get a brief scene a little bit later of him becoming Two-Face. The reason why it's a straight line, apparently, of acid burns right down his face, like a totally vertical line, is to protect his face. He picked up a file folder last second and held it, and the acid splashed only on part of his face. So he's got a, like a purple face. Batman couldn't save him in time, and it now he's two-faced. And he wants to boil Batman alive in the same acid with which he was burned. I really like how Batman put the vault right back in, but it is probably the, just the fact that they just rewound that scene it's kind of of oh yeah it's way easier this way because i was like oh man that's so cool he put it back exactly right and i was like oh wait (laughs) i did like there was one quick sight gag there's a billboard of ocu wash for tired eyes which i think is a nice touch for two-face because he has that one eye that doesn't close although i don't think that's true in this movie but it's more true to the aaron eckhart comics style and kind of every other version of Two-Face is that bulging eye and the exposed teeth. Rick Baker, famed a special effects 
artiste did the makeup for this and the, the special effects, and he had to rein it back because they didn't want to show the teeth and they didn't want a bulging eyeball. So they wanted it more sanitary. They had to roll back original designs, and then you got a purple grimace-looking thing. Not very spooky. It was a terrible prosthesis, I think. The worst. Worse than the prosthesis was, I think, Tommy Lee Jones' performance. This is where we disagree. Tommy Lee Jones is giving his all in this ridiculous-ass script he was given. I think he's giving his too much. I think he's giving it a lot. He's not even chewing the scenery. He's just engulfing it like a fucking boa constrictor and slurping it down. If he was giving 100%, that would be good. He's giving 200%. And I love it. Which is too much. He's the best. Do you know what I think it is? Both halves of his faces gave 100%. I think it's Jim Carrey. It is exactly what it is. playing up the Jim Carrey. He hates Jim Carrey. Batman. And that's when we did Batman yeah. together. Wait, you're the star, though. I was the star. Yeah. <laughs> that was the problem. <laughs> yeah, do you no. think, did you ever have this problem with Phenomenal guys, actor, though, with guys who were like, I'm a better actor than this fucking movie star? Did you ever get that? No, because no. there was no me. <laughs> oh, but I mean, uh, uh, the guy that Tommy Lee Jones was talking to. Oh, the guy that Tommy Lee Jones was talking to. Or was, thought yeah, he was. was at a restaurant and, he, and, and uh, you know, the mentor D said, oh, Tommy, I hear you're working with Tommy Lee Jones. Yeah. He's over in the corner yeah. having uh, having dinner. Uh, and uh, and I went over and I said, oh, yeah, great. I went over and I, I said, hey, Tommy, how you doing like that? And the blood just drained from his face <laughs> like oh. like he had been thinking about me 24 You'd hours. You'd already done the movie. He was just fucking, no, no. It was oh. before the biggest scene we have together oh. in the movie. And the blood just drained from his face. And he got, he started shaking. And he got up and he went, mm, ah, 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 like this. He must have been in mid-kill-me fantasy or something like that. He was like, ah, 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 like this. And he went like to hug me and yeah. he said, I hate you. <laughs> I really don't like you like that. <laughs> and 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 I, I said, gee, man, what's what's the problem? Like that. And I pulled up a chair, which probably wasn't smart. And uh, he said, I cannot sanction your buffoonery. My theory on that would be that he's a, a famous guy. Mm-hmm. He used to be the center of attention. You walk into a room. He's not the center. Well, he might have been uncomfortable doing that work too. That's not really his style of stuff. You know well, what I mean? Signs, he's like he, no he, he cashed the check. Man. He's he like, cashed the check, baby. That's right. He's playing right. Harvey Dent. That's right. He was playing Harvey Dent. That's right. I just guessed. No, you were a great guess. That's right. Nice job. It was a cookie. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway. Yeah, he said that on Norm MacDonald Live, and it's really funny. (laughs) But Joel Schumacher said that he was not good to Jim Carrey in this movie, and he thinks his theory is Tommy Lee Jones does not like to be outdone by anybody, and he's being outdone by Jim Carrey because Jim Carrey's Jim Carrey. Nobody can out-buffoon, as he would call it, which is exactly what he does out buffoon jim carrey because he is like the biggest best idiot you can't out clown this guy it's foolish to try and in interviews that tommy lee jones said his agent kind of pitched him as it's a cartoon movie who gives a shit just like go wild so he had developed this like i'm gonna play two-face extremely flamboyantly and out of control and wild and then he gets to set and jim carrey is doing what he is trying to do but a hundred times better completely naturally and he's like, well, I'll just, I'll give it more. It kind of ruins it. I would have liked a little crabby. And I loved it. Jim Carrey's was amazing. Jim Carrey's was good. The Riddler was way better than I remember it being. And Tommy Lee Jones is way worse than I remember it being. 
I love seeing silly Tommy Lee Jones, and he's normally so stern. But it's not good. Of course, there's a contrast to his regular demeanor, but that doesn't make it good. There's a reason why he has a regular one. <laughs> if you could have just joked up his regular grumpy old guy, shtick, you see it a little bit later in the first minute in black. He's so serious that it's goofy. Yeah, that's what's funny. If he had been able to play this 100% straight, you know, sorry, this is what the coin tells me to do. That's probably yeah. why they hired him to do a Tommy Lee Jones thing. And he's like, well, I'm going to do this weird thing now. And I appreciate that he is going full bore because I love that in a performance. But Jim Carrey is also going full bore and it makes sense in the universe. Tommy Lee Jones is going full bore and it looks like the third lead of the sixth part of a horror franchise. He's just way too silly to be intimidating. It's like he was like, well, can I just be the Joker too? It's more kind of like a bad Joker. This is like a Jared Leto Joker kind of situation where he's like, well, I'm going to go all the way. It's like, ah, man, just be you a little bit. That being said, I think it only really is very bad, his scene chewing, when he's on screen with Carrie. That's when it's at its worst. Because at the beginning of the movie, it's kind of fun. It's kind of working for me. But it gets to a point by the end where he's just literally going, It's a bit much. <laughs> Good old Harvey Two-Face. Harvey Two-Face? Yeah, why'd they keep calling him Harvey Two-Face? I don't know, but seems kind of like bullying. That's why he's a bad guy. In the interview that I watched with Tommy Lee Jones, I'm pretty sure that he thinks the character's name is Harvey Two-Face. For the movie, it is. And not, not Harvey Dent, who is Two-Face, but it's Harvey Two-Face, which is the most grandpa thing and I wish that that energy would have made it on the screen. <laughs> Who's this bat fella? Oh, I'm going to shoot him with my coin. <laughs> in the helicopter, he kills his goon, which so far in all three Batman movies, the main villain kills their goon. Come on, man. Poor Bob. I feel like Batman was like egging him on. You do not want to work for a supervillain. 
But then Batman makes it into the helicopter, but Two-Face is one-upped him by using the club on the steering wheel. This holiday season, give the gift that lasts all year long. Give the club anti-theft device. The club anti-theft device, available at better stores everywhere. When he pulled out the club, I was like, you guys both can't be the goofy one. (laughs) Well, he was goofy first. I love this prank, but you both can't be this goofy. So you get a little fly through of the CGI Gotham, which yet again, this movie is cranked up to 11, except they overshot and it's actually 21. (laughs) I fully understand what they're trying to do. It's like in the very opening scene when Chase Meridian and Commissioner Gordon are standing there and they're watching Batman fly away. There's a spotlight on them that's like a gear and it spins on their face while they're talking. And I'm like, oh, that was like really cool. That's like a cool moment because all the chaos is happening. But then they cut back to them later and it's a different shot, a different angle altogether. But there's still a big lighted gear shining and spinning on their face. And it's those things that they're like, well, we've got these crazy lights. Let's shine them everywhere. It's like, yeah, but what is it adding? Tommy Lee Jones jumps out of the helicopter, falls through the little hole and instantly opens that parachute. He'd have been sucked into those blades so quick. It drove me crazy. <laughs> That's what you got hung up on? Uh, this whole movie, I was just me being hung up the whole time. You know that it didn't happen in real time. Do we need to watch him fall the whole <laughs> way and then catch that whole descent to the ground? Maybe not, but it was instant. I needed something. It was just so quick. He was going to be right up in those blades. It drove me nuts. So we met Harvey Two-Face. Dave, I think you're a little stressed out. There's a lot going on. It's, it's very hot out. It's summertime. I get it. It's so fucking hot. I think you maybe just need to relax, sit down and watch a little bit of television. Maybe you could have that TV beamed directly into your brain. I think that would help you. In this cylindrical size thing that we're calling the box. It's a blender that is called a box. It's definitely a blender. Hey, Batman smashes that box a couple times. (laughs) He smashes boxes, but he never smashes the one he wants. If you can't smash the box you want, smash the box you're with. I think this movie was the porn parody, and they just cut out all the sex, and then they just said, here, just keep the crazy stuff. That's that three hours we were talking about. (laughs) Batman for skin. (laughs) Okay, so we talked about Tommy Lee Jones. We got introduced to his character. Now it's time to meet our second villain in this one. There is some love going on here, but it's unrequited, unfortunately. Edward Nygma is in love with the idea of Bruce Wayne, and he's got an idea to sell Bruce Wayne, his new brainwave modulating technology and to be fair bruce is actually on board he's like yeah you know what send me some specs and we'll take a look at them and i think we can make something work and nigma wants a deal right here right now and bruce doesn't go for it and he said that he owes it to him a decision right now look why does bruce wayne owe that guy shit because he's been busting his hump on it dude you see what that thing could do Except his boss has been telling him not to. Objectively, his boss is wrong because it's a hit. Like, everybody loves this fucking thing. It's sick. Batman should have wanted to have control over that. Well, I think he did. In the comics, at least, I know that this is something that happens, is that at Wayne Enterprises, people develop these crazy weapons and ideas, and Bruce Wayne intentionally buries them because he understands that this is, objectively, good but it's also yes extremely dangerous so a lot of batman's tech is that kind of stuff you know stuff like from dark knight edward nigma needs to get a job for richie rich where him and keen bean can be let off the chain you know keen beans turning people into bedpans yeah 
I think that would have been healthy for the both of them, to be honest with you. I think they both needed friends. You think they would have balanced each other, maybe? I think that's absolutely correct. Because, you know, this rejection hits at Enigma pretty hard. It's kind of reminiscent of the real bad day that Catwoman had in Batman Returns. Although this one's a little bit more drawn out and Enigma is immediately a bad guy. Instantly. You usually go from zero to 60. He goes from 60 to 600. Yeah, he's not fucking around. There's also a blink and you miss it, John Favreau. I guess you wouldn't call it a cameo at that point in his career. It was just a an extra. Credited as an assistant. I also thought this little TV thing was kind of like a Truman show. A little bit. Uh, yeah, preview. a little bit. Right? You want to be in the TV show? There's a lot of sexual tension in this. And I think Edward's a, kind of a confused individual. And honestly, when you see his apartment later, you can definitely tell that there's my man needs to log on to BetterHelp a little bit more often. <laughs> but that sexual tension I thought was really interesting. And I maybe in the longer cut, that's something that's explored. And I, I would love to see this play out. And the Riddler from a jilted lover perspective. Batman is also a jilted lover. He's being jilted by himself by Batman or Bruce Wayne. And I thought that would make a really interesting story. Cod blocked. They didn't do any of that. And they took all the interesting story parts out of this, I think. Maybe intentionally. Maybe Joel Schumacher had a different vision entirely. But in my head canon, I'm for sure shipping Nygma and Bruce Wayne. I was shipping Nygma and uh, Two-Face. They were getting a little flirty. Opposites attract and they're doing too much of the same. Their energy is like real bro-y, but I do think you are correct where they are besties for sure because they're kindred spirits. When Nygma sees Two-Face at the circus later on, that's what really inspires him to go for the supervillain persona. It was like Riddler minus murder. There's a troubling sequence after we leave Edward Nygma denied at Wayne Enterprises where Bruce walks into his office. He says, that locks the door. He sits in his chair to get into the Batcave. Now, what, pray tell, do you think the secret code word to get into the lair would be? Chair. Chair. Imagine, if you will, somebody who's touring the facility. And picking up slack, as you do. Takes, this, is a pre, this is a pretty nice chair. That gave me a legit belly laugh when I saw it. <laughs> the janitor sits down like, oh, man, he's a very nice chair. <laughs> That's not very good as far as being secretive. It doesn't require a genius level intellect to figure out. I'll say that. Well, you know, it could be coded for his voice. Yeah, maybe. Basically, none of this movie stands up to any scrutiny at all. Why is the Batmobile shaped like a glowing blue phallus? ribs like veins are you really wondering why i'm not wondering why at all because i do still have the image of robin's cock. it's ribbed for your pleasure uh cod piece up on my uh google search no you were right the first time <laughs> His piece. i mean i'm still staring at it i'm gonna go ahead and give that a minimize enhance <laughs> it's still pretty big when you minimize it <laughs> chris o'donnell He's fine. He was good in Musketeers. I don't love him in this, but I more don't love him because of the what if universe. The last two people they had up that they wanted to play Robin, they wanted Chris O'Donnell and they wanted Leonardo DiCaprio. That could have been good. 
apparently, I don't know, I can't speak to the validity of this, is I guess, internet rumor or whatever. They wanted Robin to be tough because he like, oh, he wanted to be like a tough guy. I want him to be cool and wanted boys to like him. And it's Robin. So that, you know, it's kind of a tough sell up front with the spandex and the, the Burt Ward little short shorts of it all. One of the producers, when they were deciding, they went down on the street in, in Hollywood or whatever and was asking people like teens holding up a picture of Chris O'Donnell and Leonardo DiCaprio and said, which one of these guys looks like he could beat somebody up? That's not going to be Leo until a bear later. But he's supposed to be an acrobat. And he's also supposed to be a child. <laughs> Poor 30-year-old orphan. Chris O'Donnell is playing. They have him listed as between 15 and at the most 18. Okay, he was 25. Yeah. (laughs) My man is like a graduate school. Yeah. (laughs) I wondered why the cops brought him there in the first place. I'm like, my dude's old enough to be alone. A fucking full-grown man? Yeah. Yeah. I think if you get an Edward Furlong or, or Leonardo DiCaprio type, you could kind of get away with that. Another thing I saw, in it's IMDb, who the hell knows what's real and what ain't, but they were saying that Johnny Depp was up for the role of Batman in the first place. Imagine a Johnny Depp Batman with a Leonardo DiCaprio Robin. That's a great pairing. That would be insane. I think Leo and Val would be a good pairing as well, because what you need to think about for Batman, and someone brought this up, and it's incredibly true, when you're casting Batman, you're basically casting a character based on their mouth and jaw, and that is it. So Keaton. He's got a pretty good jaw. His jaw is fine, but his lips, you're like, wow, look, look at those Keaton lips. That's the selling point, really. And you're never going to win with those thin little bird lips you got there. See, this guy's got these big old powerful lips. Am I correct, Thorn? So much of my authority is derived from the power right here. Right? Put those up against uh, Jack Nicholson's Joker lips. See? That's a very lip-heavy movie. Christian Bale, his face, real lippy. He's got a good-looking mouth. Love those supple lips. Not like exceptionally square jaw. He gets very tough and bulky, but, you know, it's the lips. Val Kilmer is fine. He's a little jolly. You just saw Christian Bale in uh, the Thor movie. Or actually, that's, as the meme says, that's Atheist Bale. Oh, that's funny. Let it click. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Pretty good. Pretty good. Well, he plays uh, Gore the God Butcher in this. So, different role from Batman, but he's kind of playing Batman, honestly. So, do we wish to move along now? I th- I think we're we talked about the lips. Did we talk about the lips? We were doing lip stuff, <laughs> not just paying lip service to the lips. We were all doing mouth stuff. <laughs> oh, hey, hey. <laughs> this movie focuses more heavily on the tips. Yep. The nips, the tips. Mm-hmm. And the other the ones nips and tips. better with lips, I think. Better with lips. Better than lips, yeah. But if you could get lips, nips, and tips. <laughs> well, now you got yourself a stew going. That's George Clooney. <laughs> Clooney's got a great chin. He's got a little 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 butt chin. Looks great. You can bounce coins off of that chin. And then you get your Affleck. It's a little bit of a problem because he's got kind of like he's got like cute little cute little cheeks you want to squeeze. And then when you put those in a mask, now you really want to squeeze them because the black you got to squeeze them. The black is accentuated. I mean, kind of looks like Mickey Mouse. It's a compulsion, really. Who's not squeezing that? At the very end, Robert Pattinson, square face. His mouth is basically the animated series. It's just a straight line right across. I'd love to pat him, son. This is the second version of that joke. That's I mean. the second time, yeah. <laughs> He's a broody man with a, a straight line for a mouth. Perfect. Chase Meridian uses the bat signal to call on Batman, and it starts a nice little sultry scene. It's just like a you up signal. Oh, man, it's so good. A bat signal booty call. It, it, it's a batty call. 
And he, she <laughs> said, what, she what says, the fat lips do? A girl can't live by psychosis alone. But whenever it starts to get to be a little bit too hot and heavy, there comes the Commissioner Cod block. He's like, uh, someone call Batman. Like, something going on. Batman said, false alarm. Are you sure? Which is kind of a nice double entendre. But when he sees this chase marine and not an emergency, he says, the bat signal is not a beeper. Which I thought was pretty good. <laughs> yeah, so many timeless things in this movie, like the club and a and beeper, whatever. Cellular telephones. Speaking of the jilted lover aspect, we get to Nigma's lair, and he's got some magazines up. He's got Gotham Beat, which is, I guess, Tiger Beat in Gotham, but it's got uh, Bruce Wayne on it. Miss Gotham. He subscribes to Miss Gotham, which I think is pretty telling. He subscribes to a lot of magazines, I guess, for his mod podging purposes. You know what I mean? He's a crazy crafts guy. He gets a bunch of brain juice testing his experimental device on his boss. So he kind of gets a, a little upgrade. And it seems to be that's the moment where it kind of broke something in his brain, that unfiltered brain contact. But he kind of seemed like he was about at Riddler levels before the brain drain. Jim Carrey's boss catches him doing the business that he told him not to do. And he's like, well, whatever, I'm going to smack you in the melon and I'm going to suck out some of your IQ points. And what I thought was interesting is, whereas there is some danger to this apparatus, it doesn't seem like it has that much of a negative effect on, like, the suck E, which I expected him to be like, duh, after he had sucked out those IQ points. Yeah, he was just a little groggy, and then he was fine. I think it relates to, because he mentions it, he says, I absorbed a couple of your IQ points. So I guess the effect is cumulative, but it takes fractions of a penny, like Superman. Whenever he knocks that the man out of the window, he he hits the water and he says, Nice form, but a little rough on the landing. He may have to settle for the bronze. (laughs) Jim Carrey is legitimately funny in this. He's got some crazy lines. When he got on set, he started kind of like riffing and they were like, yeah, just keep doing that. That's better than anything that we got. Do your shit. He does do a murder on his boss. He doctors some footage. Did you guys catch the suicide note? I know you have a penchant for pausing on notes, Sam, but did you read this fucking note to like whom it may concern subject me killing myself? (laughs) Goodbye, cruel world. To whom it may concern. From Fred Stikely, re my suicide. Goodbye, cruel world. <laughs> it's in his perfect sentence structure and spelling. But also with the suicide note comes a riddle. And my favorite beat is his assistant, Maggie, who doesn't get a lot of screen time, but she says, Who would send you a riddle? And, and Val Kilmer goes, That Maggie is the riddle. Oh my gosh. Which is amazing. And I did have a question about the Riddler suit because the Riddler suit is becoming a thing because he's now realizing this is what I want to be doing with my time. He had a Riddler bobblehead. What is that a toy of? He had a Riddler bobblehead and he had like big Riddler things already. So I'm guessing just to cut like probably 15 pages out of the script, they were like, well, this character is like an existent property in the Batman (laughs) universe. And he's like, I want to look like that guy. So I'm going to do that. It didn't make sense to me. I'm glad you explained it. That's not the biggest plot hole in this whole thing. No, but it's pretty big. One of the alter egos he's going through is the Puzzler, which is apparently was a character from the, the 60s show 
because when Frank Gorshin was out, they didn't want to replace him as the Riddler. So they just made up another character called the Puzzler to do the Riddler stuff. Actor strike or something like that, but something like that. A sub in. And uh, the Riddler now drops the second riddle at Wayne Manor on like the front gate. And I would have bet that he had a lot of cameras on that gate. Not one? Not one. Like, riddle me this, riddle me that. Oh, wait, there he is. It's him. It's Edward. Riddler's been Mod Podge, and he sends another riddle. And Bruce Wayne takes the riddles to go see Chase. When he goes to see Chase, I guess Nicole Kidman was like big into kickboxing at the time. So they wanted to just put that in the script somehow. They have her like kicking a bag and sounding altogether distressed behind a locked door. So she locked her door so she could get her exercise, her swell on. And Bruce Wayne straight up boots that biggest, heaviest door down, straight down. Pretty funny bit. Didn't mind it. But way funnier bit. There is an ink blot painting on the wall that is so clearly a bat. That's all it is. He's like, you have a thing for bats? It's all it could fucking be is a bat. She was like, it's an ink blot. So maybe you have a thing for bats like Nod Dog. This is a bat picture you have. I enjoy this rendition, I think, of Val Kilmer's Bruce Wayne. His Batman is fine. It's passable. But his Bruce Wayne is really good. After he kicks down that door, acts like the biggest idiot. So, like, tongue-tied and ridiculous. It's right on par with, like, the Kevin Conroy. Oh, I'm bumbling Bruce Wayne. Oh, I don't know what to do. But here it doesn't seem like a put on character it seems like bruce wayne does not know how to have a conversation with a human after they have all of their talk he says i've really got to get you out of those clothes I really need to get you to the nude excuse me and he's like i mean and into a black dress <laughs> and i need to get your butt out and then put you <laughs> put that butt in a black dress so that i could take you on a totally normal date tell me doctor do you like the circus to the circus. to the circus what the hell so that i can peruse the local boy talent <laughs> See if they got any good strapping lads. I've always thought I could use a boy. There were so many rich people at that circus. Well, I guess this is a fundraiser. I think that's the conceit, is that it's a fundraiser slash boy sale. Oh, okay. That's a, <laughs> a meat market, ask me. As Reed said, this the circus show is televised, as all circuses are. Of course. Televised. Live. This circus had a death drop in it. How are you not... How, the they, press need to know yeah, about that kind of stuff. True. The youngest member of the circus. Shouldn't that be like like the grandfather uh, Grayson is doing the death drop? You're just describing Midsummer and not young boy Grayson, youngest of the young boys. <laughs> His car insurance just went down. Or yeah, he's the, he's the youngest, <laughs> but it, that doesn't mean he's young. Yeah, so they do the death drop. It goes all according to plan, but Two-Face shows up. And he has a ceiling bomb, which I understand you want to get like mass dispersal. But where was it going? There are a couple of weird physics things like that where it just keeps going. So what do they expect it to do? And then like he's holding on to this chain and something heavy falls and it pulls him up. But the heavy thing breaks and he still keeps going up. That's a lot of momentum to go up that smooth still. I really love Two Faces goons, their vibe. They're wearing like balaclavas. And one is red and one is black. They're gimp masks. I like that. And they also have like neon lights in their fucking guns. Their guns are dope. That's pretty cool. The red ones look like heating coils. Yeah, I kind of thought so too. It looks like some cyberpunk shit. I like to, in my head, Canon think they're shooting hot bullets. 
They're not just bullets. Yeah, they're extra real, hot. They're real. Yeah, they're they sizzling. deal thermal damage. Yeah, I dig it. Incendiary bullets. So the flying Graysons are no more. They're now the falling Graysons and then the dead Graysons. Well, Dick Grayson did get that TNT out of there, baby. The bomb's gone. They saved the day, and Harvey notices at the very last second and and shoots the scaffolding down, and they fall to their death, and Dick returns to see them dead, and Bruce Wayne's like, ah, just like me. Yeah, he did make it all about him, didn't he? (laughs) Just one real quick thing, because it's going to come up again later. What Tommy Lee Jones wants to do is he's trying to find Batman. He's so he goes to this rich people circus. He's already pinpointed that Batman's a rich man. And he says, well, I probably want to use Batman or one of you knows who Batman is. And then like to save this whole place, you have to tell me who Batman is. And Val Kilmer like hops out of his seat fast as he can. I'm Batman. I'm Batman. Harvey, I'm Batman. It's me, Batman. <laughs> I'm the guy. Nobody pays that any mind. Luckily, it didn't play out like a Spartacus moment. Not no. everyone said they were Batman, which I thought would have been maybe slightly better. Out of like a gut instinct, he said it, but the crowd was screaming so bad. And then he realized, oh, shit, that's not going to help anybody. I'm going to try to stop this. He might have realized that before that. <laughs> yeah. Well, he springs to action, though. He gets in some good licks and is almost there before Two-Face kills all the Graysons because they also spring into action immediately to their credit. And I guess because Bruce Wayne is rich and he was there, Commissioner Gordon makes... Dick, stay with him. He's like, you want this boy to be yours now? How would you like a boy? This boy has no home. You're rich to have a boy. You could have this boy. This is your boy. And he's really an obstinate boy. He doesn't want to stay there. He wants to get the heck out of there. I was confused, legit, when the cops left and he's like, I'm going to leave now. Like, why didn't he just go somewhere else? It was easier to not have to do the paperwork he had said. Because you drop me off with a rich man, who knows what he'll try to do with me. Uh, he's got one room that's locked. That Wayne guy's crazy, but he lives really far out of town, and he donates a lot to the police fundraisers or whatever, so have a boy? Will the boy appease him? <laughs> he wants to leave, but Bruce Wayne and Alfred, God bless their souls. God bless them. Honestly, this is the movie I want to see. They're doing the most reverse psychology ever, because he's like, yeah, you could leave, but like... I got all these sick bikes, I guess, that could use fixed. And if you, man, if anyone would, I can't even ride half of them. If you fix this one, I'll give you the super expensive one. I thought that was so nice. If anyone would fix up one of these bikes, I'd give them one of these bikes. And then Alfred comes out and he's like, oh, just give this food to the dogs. This big steak meal. I'll give this delicious meal that I guess nobody wants to the dogs. Looking over his shoulder, all coy. Which makes sense if this is a 15-year-old boy and not a fully grown man. Either way, though, it is a little bit like they're trying to trap him. They're trying to lure a boy. It does seem like they're trying to capture him at that point. Oh, I wonder if this is the case. So I was thinking during this whole movie, because this scene, it's rushed and it's a little bit crazy, and it plays out kind of like a Disney horse girl movie. (laughs) (laughs) You know, she's she's taken out to the country and she hates it. But then, like, the, the old kindly farmhand's like, well, this is old. This is a, a old Jasper and she hates to ride any. She don't want anybody to ride her these days. And then, you know, that kind of thing. Which is great. And I love that. And I think that's a better movie. I think that's a better movie than this, where it's just about Bruce Wayne and Dick Grayson. Horse movie, except the horse is superheroing. 
You know what I mean? Like, take that energy, keep Chase Meridian fucking out of it. But I guess from a studio perspective, they're like, we're not going to release a movie about the friendship between a, a man and a boy. I've got a way to fix the movie. If they had any guts whatsoever. Uh-oh. Batman gets called away at this point okay. to some trouble. And he says to Alfred, take care of the kid. And if Alfred walked to the next room, pulled out a gun, and killed Robin in cold blood, and then they just rolled credits. Wait, am I saying this or is Sam? Take care of the kid. And he just goes like, old yeller, like, I understand what you mean. Like, this isn't going to work out. <laughs> he knows too much already. And then just just ices him and then the credits roll and it's like, yeah, that's, I mean, that's what happens whenever boys get in Batman's business. It's true though. Batman has a few boys that die. We've talked about this around There's Father's that locked Day. room. Because of course, like he's like- Of all of his ex-wives. He's like, I want to leave. And he's like, well, I guess I'll try every door first. <laughs> you gotta do. It's his OCD kicked in. He had to turn all the lights on and off three times to try every door. <laughs> he didn't sit in his chair and say chair. Which yet again makes sense if he's 15 fucking years old. They wanted to have their Robin and Cod piece too. And I think it's to the detriment. It's kind of troubling if you have 15 year old Robin with that big of a cod. <laughs> in the anthropomorphic suit. They're like, what are we willing to sacrifice? I guess we'll skew older. Yeah. 25 year old. You could have just put the shorts over the rubber suit. I think that might have been okay. <laughs> I think it would look just as bad. Well, they didn't do any of that. They had Chris O'Donnell um, kicking around because he looked tough and they he looked fucking hip as hell with that big ass earring. <laughs> I did really enjoy Alfred calling young Robin. Uh, Master Dick. That makes me laugh pretty good. Oh, my God. The fucking laundry scene. Oh. <laughs> Master Dick, indeed. Yeah, that is really challenging. I honestly think I left my body for a second when he, he had his like sweatpants wrapped around his fucking little tootsies. Whipping it around, wringing it out with karate. Action laundry did not do it for me. <laughs> it was that scene for Joel Schumacher like Uma Thurman's bare feet is to Tarantino. Oh, <laughs> uh. I don't understand that scene. I did love it. Try watching it in one and a half times speed. <laughs> well, then it might have looked like some madcap zany shit as opposed to some really weird sexual luxury. It's, it's like on The Crow when, when they're like... Watch it in half speed. Looking action-y and putting on makeup. This is him action drying his clothes. And it's such a weird thing they try. He just rang this shit out on the floor too. Alfred was probably like, please stop. Like, I will do it. You make a huge fucking mess, dog. At the very end, he does get the mop out because I thought that myself, but then he grabs the mop. So he's going to, he's going to fix that. <laughs> um, but yeah, so he has a heart to heart Alfred with Robin. He's telling him his story and how he was just like a Robin. And then Alfred says, Dope superhero name. One day Robin will fly again. He's skipping words deliberately, if you ask me. Maybe say like the Robin. A broken wings mend. One day Robin will fly again. Not the, not the Robin. That's so stupid. The reason why his dad called him Robin or whatever, he's got a Robin painted on his helmet, which is not a Robin. It's a red bird. It's a cardinal. It's a cardinal if it's a fucking anything. It's not a Robin. <laughs> I mean, there are red Robins, but not like that. Yum. I mean, I don't know. I'm not a fucking bird guy. If you're a bird guy, get at us. If you're a birder. Anyway. 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 If you practice bird law, we are in Two Faces Lair. If you... <laughs> and we got Drew Barrymore and Debbie Mazar, Sugar and Spice. They're trying to be sexy, talking about the food that they've prepared for Two-Face. 
he mentions that he's of two minds again This for the second time. It happens at least three or four more times. This is where the Riddler encroaches upon Two-Face's space. Swooped in like a robin. And he starts his little cute nicknames he's given to him. Oh, segregated one. Later he calls him a bifurcated one. That's a good one. I like that. Yeah, so they've met. There's a closed karate scene. The Riddler is now sucking in a lot of data. And I wrote, this is how I imagine Mark Zuckerberg eats. <laughs> Just sucking in brainwaves from people who use Quest. Riddler meets Two-Face. Yeah, he shows up and they hatch a scheme. Two-Face is going to provide the money and Riddler is going to allow him to kill Bat. He's going to get to a point where they can kill Batman. And here's where Robin trips and falls into the Batcave sideburns and all. Yes, My dude would he... not be walking after he fell like that. He got up so quick. He's a performer. Stone steps. You don't think he knows a pratfall? My man does the death drops. He's good. Okay. <laughs> what is also good is during the montage of crime, my favorite scene of Tommy Lee Jones in this whole movie was him and the Riddler. They robbed the jewelry store and Two-Face is wearing the jewelry and, and the necklaces and earrings and stuff. It's very good. That's a good bit. It's a very good bit and I love it every time it happens. I like Two-Face's clothes the whole time. That leopard purple striped joint he was wearing get you one he looks like a uh, trapper keeper like a lisa frank <laughs> yes he does chase meridian and bruce wayne have another scene here he wants to tell her that he's batman pretty bad or she thinks he's jealous of batman he's like i can't be jealous of batman and then he says we all live two lives and he's trying so hard to tell her he's batman without saying it because why can't you be jealous of batman anyway it doesn't matter then robin steals a car the car god batman is thick man Alfred's like, he stole the car. The Jag? No, the other car. The rules? Like, no, the other car. I think he's being funny. <laughs> I think he was just <laughs> stupid, and he didn't get it. Cut to Chris <laughs> O'Donnell gets to do some kind of a strange Latino impression to say, as he drives the Batmobile down the street. That was challenging. Well, apparently it was also challenging to drive that thing. Chris O'Donnell made them like do the stunt driving because they had stunt drivers do it before and he's like no 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 I've got this and immediately fucking wrecked it yes <laughs> so Robin he's out there and he's starting to get the idea of, of what Batman's all about he sees a damsel in distress he saves her he gets a kiss and he realizes he would like to be a superhero too if only it means he can dust off his wiener once in a while mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and also be allowed to kill I just wanted to see Reed leave his body <laughs> <laughs> Some of these things are just for you, buddy. Dust off his wiener. Yeah, he does that thing off once in a while. <laughs> Those words have probably never been put together in that order in that way before. <laughs> so That's a time crime. Yes. Well, he says himself, he says, oh, I can get a hang of this superhero stuff. But what he really means is he'd like an option to per perchance to dust his wiener off. Well, she does get a kiss from who she believes Batman and also her rescuer, a little smooch. It's not Batman. He's about to die. Batman does do a quick rescue. He just floats on down. Everybody else is moving in fast, normal motion. He's just floating. Gliding. Fuck, man. That would get me to run away, though. They only had glow sticks. You can't fight Batman with a glow stick. They gotta get out of here. I do like their look. I think it was. it's kind of stupid, just generally speaking. Just goons and glow-in-the-dark paint. Such a specific look. If anything, it's supposed to be like a Papa Legba. A voodoo creature, but it's not the uh, Papa, like Papa Midnight or something. It's like, what's that guy from fucking Man with Golden Gun? Do you know what I'm talking about? From, uh... Yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. That's Baron Somedy. Uh, yeah, yeah, Baron Somedy, yeah. 
He's got like a skull face. It's Baron Somebody's basically Papa Legba though, so you're I think you're still right. Are they the same thing? Pretty sure. Yeah. It's made to look like that. We've now come to find that Edward Nigma, since he's done that montage and stolen enough money, he's got the funding necessary to make his box happen and show his box off at a gala event and people can go into this little booth. All they have to do is sacrifice some IQ points and they can feel like they're in a real life movie. Much like actual venture capitalism, his crimes directly fund his business venture and it's a big hit. (laughs) And he's dressed up for the occasion to look just like Bruce Wayne. He's got Bruce Wayne's haircut. He's got Bruce Wayne's mole. His exact tux on. He says, how's my mole? How's my mole? Fine. How's my how's my mole is really fucking good. Yeah, that was hilarious. But even though he's supposed to be working with Two Face, somehow Two Face is like, this is a great opportunity to do some more robbing. Batman is tricked also into thinking the machine's off. Riddler's scheme is working absolutely perfectly. And Two Face is like, ah, I got bored. Fucking <laughs> shoot it and literally turn the machine off. Big fan of that. Not fast enough. The machine goes back on while Batman's in there. He smashes his box. and um, <laughs> But they did get the information that Bruce Wayne and Batman are one and the same. Batman kisses Chase Meridian instead of fighting and stopping Two-Face. Classic trolley <laughs> problem. Two kids on one side and one hot lady on the other that you can make out with. Oh, that's a good trolley problem. Yeah. Let's see. Nothing like a bad case of gas. <laughs> Batman goes outside and he gets his suit on and he comes back in. Someone sees Batman and they say, Batman. Yeah. I think that might be Bob Kane. But after Batman kisses Chase, he like is determined to quit being Batman. It's like, he's so big. So big. So good. He quit being Batman. So big. I would say good. (laughs) I was reading Codpiece. (laughs) It was like a big cod. Codpiece so big. We know some of Dave's search terms. This is the second bat trap where um, after the party, he follows Two-Face. Like, you know, they get away. He gets him in a tube. He gets Batman (laughs) in a tube and then um, tries to blow him up. But he has his flame suit on. He's retardant. That was the worst CG of the whole movie. The flame proof cape. That part looked okay. When he runs out of the fire, that looks pretty cool. That looked cool. But just getting covered, it looks like the goop from Time Cop to me. That level of bad. Hannah Alex Matt cape. So uh, perfect. But Robin is able to save him from a certain death in Himalayan sea salt. And <laughs> uh, we come it's to find out. It's such an extreme close up. Yes, the it rubble is. Rubble pile. Yeah. He makes an, a Nightwing reference. I need a name Batboy, Nightwing. I don't know. What do you think? What's a good sidekick name? Batman meets up with Chase Marie and they have an encounter and she says, hit me up at my place at midnight, yo. Alfred's trying to talk um, Bruce out of this. He's like, no, don't fucking go. Just go as Bruce. Just go be Bruce. And he's like, no, she doesn't want Bruce. And he's like, let let her decide. He's so quick to be like, tell her you're Batman. She seems down. <laughs> she probably like that. <laughs> Alfred loves telling anybody. He likes to spill that tea. He wants to get in on the gossip. He just wants more people in the circle to dish with. <laughs> Sam's background is just the jolly smile. <laughs> yeah, we're going to get to that. Make no mistake. It's not like I'm, I'm going to forget that business. So he goes to her at midnight. 
for whatever reason, because IMDb is a fucking cursed dimension, I know. Oh, they love it. They know what you really want to know. Was she really naked under that sheet, Reed? Apparently she was really naked, and that's a fact someone wanted to fucking put in there. So saith the IMDb. Someone chased down every interview they could. Oh, were you really naked under the sheet? What the fucking... Does that sell more tickets? Then yes. That broke my whole ass brain, and I had to unplug my router, and just I just went out and <laughs> laid down on the grass. <laughs> you had to go touch grass? I was fucking itchy as hell, but it was worth it, damn it. Point of the scene is, we find out. She doesn't want the bad guys anymore. She wants the good guy. She's met a Val Kilmer, sans mask, and she wants him. Yeah, he gets his first bat kiss, and then his first bat diss. Yeah, and he's like, sorry. Yep, he's like, no bat for me, thanks. But that pleases Batman to no end. Oh, my God. He turns around. He gives that. I don't think I like that phrase. Can you pick a different A one? first bat kiss. <laughs> it, he's so pleased. <laughs> a first bat diss. And then a first bat self-satisfied smile, which honest, why would they? How could you put this in the movie? How could you ever put this in the movie? He looks like such a little scamp. It's so bad. I understand. Val Kilmer's a little cutie. He is a little scamp. He's a little rogue. And I, I love everything about him. Well, not everything. He's a goddamn rascal. I don't know everything about him, but I really enjoy him. This face, they put this out in a movie. They spent almost $100 million to make this fucking movie, and they put this fucking face on there. He looks so baked. Yeah, he does. That's some glass yeah, face right there, man. I really didn't have any big problems with his performance other than this. This is this is a huge problem for me. We've been going a while, but I I feel like everything has been leading up to this point. I was hoping we could race to it. But as soon as that scene ends, we get to zoom in on a newspaper. And I love a zoom in on a newspaper. Nothing gets me to pause the screen quicker than a zoom on a newspaper. Check your bingo cards, guys. And this one delivered because, okay. I'm going to read these whole ass articles to you. I love it. Word for word. I made, I triple checked to make sure it's all here. So let me get in a comfortable position. I'm strapped. I'm strapped in. So main headline. Batman survives subway sabotage. That's got two facing tears. That's good. Sub headlines. On the left. Prodigy child wins every award given. That's the headline for this article. The article reads... He has a friend who is a sheriff's deputy, and his former pastor works for the police department, he said. <laughs> Shortly after our state passed its penny sales tax in years, state officials began to fear that the disgruntled consumer might do something extreme. So it goes in the world of state and local taxes, where for decades, industries and individual businesses have fought taxes by threatening to pack up and head for other, and it cuts off. The headline of that one was Prodigy Child Wins Every Award Given. <laughs> Every award given. Every award. First of all, that's like the first thing they should have cut. Next article. Two-Face robs Nygma Tech Party. Batman saves guests. Gotham City. All of Gotham City is in a state of shock after receiving the news that our own Thomas Wayne was brutally gunned down among members of the panel prompted the judge to send the sequestered jurors back to their hotel rooms yesterday after only 45 minutes of deliberations. Bechtel gave them the rest of the weekend off in an effort to let tempers cool off before deliberations resumed again. But the contentiousness apparently persisted. Monday's note from the jury and other panel members were unanimous in their belief that juror number 384, a middle-aged Caucasian male, shouldn't continue with the deliberations. And it cuts off and restarts up at the top, it says. 
Gotham City Council yesterday issued routine, shouldn't continue deliberations. In her note to Bechtel, the jury forewoman, an African-American woman said juror 384 cannot, quote, cannot comprehend anything that we've been trying to accomplish, unquote. The note went on to say that, quote, just when we've made progress in final decisions, he is totally oblivious to what we've discussed and decided, end quote. It feels like they described me at the end there. <laughs> Complaints about Juror 384 have, quote, nothing to do with his views on issues or with his personality, unquote. The note said, shortly after our state passed its penny sales tax in years, state officials began to fear that the disgruntled consumer might do something and it cuts off. <laughs> Next article. That's wild. <laughs> Final headline. Oh, shit. Final headline. <laughs> Grateful witnesses praise Batman. Gotham City. All of Gotham City is in a state of shock after receiving the news that our own Thomas Wayne was brutally gunned down. Jesus. Among members of the panel prompted the judge, and it continues the same as the last one. Man. How hard is it to write six paragraphs? <laughs> this is the laziest newspaper I've ever read. They used AI to do it. I mean, they don't even make sense within their own selves. And if you're going to take a completely unrelated article... I'm guessing that's a newspaper... From maybe like a cut scene or something when they had a different one where Thomas Wayne was, I don't know. I, I have no explanation, actually. If you're going to use it, why would you put the Thomas Wayne part in? It has nothing to do with it. It's like, let's put Thomas Wayne in case somebody pauses it. But nobody's going to pause it for so long that they're going to read any more than that. Enter Sam. What is this deliberation about? And what's wrong with Juror 384? As we said Bruce has decided that he's going to hang it all up for the gal. She's coming over. He's going to tell her everything. Robin is pissed off, and he's fucking out of here. Batman's, he's, he's closing it all up. They're having the talk, and Chase accidentally knocks over some roses before he can finish his thought. The roses if, hit the ground. Hardcore trigger, man. If roses, if roses are so triggering when they fall, maybe. <laughs> don't, ha don't have those. Maybe don't have roses. He's at his place, right? He's uh, at his own place. Chase is there when this happens, and she like walks him through it. She These does are do that, his roses she's... that Alfred puts out every day, just in case he brushes past them. <laughs> Two roses that fall on the ground. I wish the fucking thing had like those little glass beads that look like look pearls. Oh, They'd that'd be so scatter. good. I can't allow a second of this movie to go unexamined. So after the roses fall, he is about to tell her he's Batman. He says, I want to tell you something. Something I've never told anyone, he says. But what he doesn't say is, except for Alfred, two girlfriends, and a troubled orphan that I just met a couple days ago at the circus. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty important. That's a big... But beyond that, nobody knows I'm Batman. That's a pretty small percentage of people. If you think of it. Grand scheme. Also something I exclaimed at the circus... <laughs> <laughs> you were sitting, even if it was very noisy you were right there you know that i have a penchant for bats seems weird and she finds out though after the kiss that she does have a thing for bats she knows yes the kiss tell because she she has kissed batman and because the mouth stuff i mean you know i think you'd know if you just like kiss someone then you kiss someone and you're like wow that's exactly like that person who looks just exactly like this person and sounds exactly like this person. That's how their lips be. That's a pretty good tell. Yeah, they piece it together. It's ridiculous. It's also ridiculous that it's Halloween. Um, <laughs> and that kids are walking up to the door. Yes. And, yes. And trick-or-treating here. And somehow 
the gate opens in the middle of the woods, but there's no cameras and they don't see Two Face and Riddler walking right up. Now, this is the most like 60s episode thing that I've seen. Like the way they kind of like prance around is very Batman show. When they do knock on the door and do the Twicker tweet joke and he opens it, they slam Alfred on the head with a cane. My dude falls down and there's silver that falls in front of the door and he reaches out and moves it so they can open the door easily for that part of the scene to keep going. So now Two-Face and Riddler are in. They're fleeing. Riddler's in there. This is actually a really great scene of Riddler in the Batcave. Well, this is the joygasm scene. This is the joygasm scene. Joygasm! I was really loving this scene until he said joygasm. And thrust his pelvis. I'm fine with the pelvis. <laughs> he's Jim Carrey. And he looks like the Grinch in this moment. He's also wearing that spandex suit, and he has to adjust his wiener a lot in that suit. <laughs> I think the thrusts are like for a purpose. Trying to get him himself unstuck. I get that. You ever that. wear Lycra, Dave? <laughs> nah, uh, yes. He, he got hooked on a question mark, let's say. So the jig's up. Funny, though, he was going to shave a question mark into his head, except that he was going through a divorce, mm. and he thought that probably wouldn't be good. At the hearing, yeah. To have the hearing. That was the Johnny idea. Depp move. Johnny Depp should have put a question mark in his head. As they're fleeing, Two-Face is under orders to apprehend but not kill, but he gets kind of fed up and shoots Bruce Wayne in the head. Luckily, it's a glancing blow, and he's just knocked unconscious. I thought he was aiming to only glance him. He was flipping the coin, and it kept coming up good, and then it came up, what the bad side, and then he stood up and shot him. This is a big um, sticking point for a lot of people that they think. Yes, 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 I've heard this. He shouldn't be flipping multiple times, but I've read several theories that he was either A, flipping for every opportunity had to kill him, or B, flipping for every person in the room, because I believe there was three or four people in the room, right? I'd like to think that he oh, just it, plays his own rules. There's a comic that says that basically he's like, I flip it as many times as I want. That's how I took it. It's kind of like No Country for Old Men. I don't know if you guys have ever watched that movie. Oh, that movie but, with Tommy Lee Jones. Yes, he's in that. And Javier Bardem. But there is a coin flip mechanic, and he spares a man earlier on a coin flip. He does it a couple of times, and at the end, a character says that, like, no, fuck you, I'm not calling it, because like you're the one making the decision. Like, don't put that on me. And I thought that was interesting, that in the act flipping it, the coin to decide means that there is a choice to be made, but they're offloading the choice. So anytime the coin would be flipped is kind of like you could not do it. I don't know. There's an interesting thing to think because that's kind of like the two faces deals. Like it's not up to him. He'll just let random chance decide. But the fact that he is flipping the coin to let random chance decide if he was letting random chance decide, wouldn't he just shoot a bunch of times in the room and see if anybody got shot? You, you know what I mean? So in the act of flipping the coin, he is actively choosing to kill or not. couple quick things. I do like the Riddler here turns the bat signal into the end of a question mark. Pretty good. Pretty good. We see Robin's suit here, his big old Everybody, cod. Yeah, we get another suit, a suit him up scene. They determine if they were going to go by air or by sea. Batman takes the bat wing. And as he goes past the commissioner who's on top of the building, he gives the thumbs up, which is so dumb. So fucking good. No way he can see your thumbs up. 
It's a meme you've probably seen before. That was my second belly laugh. The roses were my big laugh there. I laughed very, very hard when those roses hit the ground. Chair almost got me to pass out. This is where you can really feel the studio in it for me is when they just decide, because Riddler has now had three distinct outfits and Batman is getting a new suit. It's the only unexploded suit and Robin gets a new suit. They got the Batwing and the Batboat, which is immediately blown up. Both are destroyed pretty much immediately. Holy rusted metal, Batman! Oh, fuck off. That was so bad. (laughs) Full of holes, you know? Holy! Riddler does look like Zool here. He does a little... There is no Riddler, only Zool. The diamond-encrusted suit. Very good. I'm a big fan of that. Two-Face and Robin have a little square off, and Robin decides, you know what, I'm not a killing type of guy, and then almost gets killed for it. Then Two-Face shows up in the scene with the Riddler and Batman, and he says, Release Chase. This is between you and me. And me! And me! <laughs> he says it twice, because he's got two faces. Because he's, he's of two minds. You can say we're of two minds on the subject. He's of two minds, and he's got two, there's two separate sides to him. We're of two minds about what to eat first. You're always of two minds about everything. His interpretation is that it's like two personalities. There's like, because Harvey and Two-Face kind of coexist, but I always kind of envision them as the same person, not like two distinct personalities. That's the only time that I ever thought, like, could it be two personalities? And I was like, I don't think so. This movie's crazy. Because it's two sides of the same coin. Isn't that the whole thing? It's Harvey both times. But then shouldn't the Harvey half be good or be trying to be good? I do get what you're saying, but I guess that even... If there's two personalities, it's sort of like a cross, right? Because he becomes kind of like a mob boss, not unlike everyone else who's a supervillain in all of Batman. Well, Harvey's always kind of on the take, isn't he? I thought he wasn't. I thought he was, he was like good. He's good until the acid. Yeah. But but, I mean, if they want to say that the acid makes you literally lose your mind, I mean, there's evidence to that. It's a lack of justice or something. They have a psychologist character in this and have some real hokey science. Drives me crazy. They also have some pretty hokey riddles. The riddles were kind of kid-centric riddles. But the riddle isn't the riddle in any of exactly. them. The combination the answer, of the riddles. The, well, he finds out that it's the numbers that are in the, the riddles. So the answer to the riddle matters zero. It doesn't mean anything. It's nothing. So you're like, it's a clock. It's matches. Like, no, clock and matches don't figure into the solution at all. Yeah. Well, nothing it does because... It's literally just the numbers that he puts as clear as day. On them. It gives him his name. Mr. E. Mystery. And another name for mystery. Enigma. Mr. E. Enigma. Edward Enigma. Mr. E. Mystery. And, and this, this scene really feels like a Batman, the show scene, where he like riffs with himself. He'll be like, Could be any one of them, but which one? Wh- which ones? <sighs> Pretty fishy what happened to me on that ladder. You mean, mother's a fish, there could be a penguin. But wait, it happened at sea. See? See for Catwoman. Yet, that exploding shark was pulling my leg. The Joker. It all adds up to a sinister riddle. Riddler. Riddler? Oh, thought strikes me. So dreadful, I scarcely dare give it utterance. The four of them, their forces combine. Holy nightmare, Batman, could it be? I don't know. 
That's from the 60s movie. <laughs> no, he's like, they're in the sea. It's at sea. Sea. Sea is in Catwoman. Like, what a leap. Yes. <laughs> and basically anything could have got him there then, I yeah. guess. <laughs> that was kind of the Val, Kil- the, the Val Kilmer one was pretty close to that, too. It's like, Mr. E, Mr. Enigma. Ah, I've solved it. Like, what? Like, well, then the Alfred num- gets a pretty good dig in there, though. He goes, not entirely unclever, sir. No matter what everybody says about you. This is a very good Alfred. So we, we'll get to the final standoff. For if knowledge is power, then a god am. Was that over the top? It was. I can never tell. Yet again, Carrie is giving a pitch perfect performance. Like all of this, it's all like perfect. He's, he's doing a great job. He's really doing the best. He's doing the most. And I, I like it. Uh, he's got this final puzzle, a final riddle. Who can you save, this one or this one? And I don't understand. He's like, there's no way you could save them both. Why not? I mean, they're not, it's not like one is inside of the thing and one is outside or something. They're, he's just dropping them both. They're both flying at the same speed. If you would have caught one, they... you yeah. would have caught the other. It didn't make Unless sense Unless they, they were staggered on purpose, you're going to tell me? Get out of here. The real riddle is, it would be harder for you to save both of them, but you still could. <laughs> the real riddle is, can you make me think about a different riddle long enough that you can come up with a plan? I have a riddle for you. For me. I see without seeing. To me, darkness is as clear as daylight. What am I? Please! You're as blind as a bat! Exactly. And then he smashes that box. I mean, Sam he's Sam's does, right. Man, he he does. does smash that box like a motherfucker. He saves the day. He gets them both. Oh, and then, oh, here we go. Two-Face. How do you get down descended. there so fast? <laughs> they fell no for like 20 the minutes. The parachute from earlier. He still had oh, the yeah. parachute from but earlier. But he fell for like 20 minutes. <laughs> if he parachuted at the very top, it would You'd take a very long time. Blades. He'd have been yeah. sucked right into the blades. No, <laughs> it would have taken him a very long time to get down there, even with a it's parachute. Reversed, it's reverse blades pressure. There's a blade oh, at the top, and it pushed him down. They just the other way. They did, they did the other way, exactly. Nah, it's a fizzy lifting drink all over again, but it's the fizzy falling drink. Uh, but Two-Face is there. He, he's he's a good Bruce is a good friend to him and asks him to check the coin. He flips the coin, and Bruce is like, guess what, idiot? Here's a bunch of more coins. <laughs> pretty good. Whereas the bit itself, pretty good, right? Throw coins, that'll confuse him. He could have thrown literally anything at him, yeah. and he would have also sand. fallen <laughs> off the edge. <laughs> I mean, I get it. It's a good thing he's carrying those jangly coins everywhere he goes, just in case he gets the opportunity to do such a thing. My man's got rocket boots. He's got grappling <laughs> hooks. He's got smoke bombs. Literally anything. And 13 Sacagawea dollars in his pocket. Anything. He could have went, boo, and that probably would have done it too. <laughs> the coin's his weakness. I know. I figured that out. What? Chekhov's coin, but it could have been anything. He could have said, look over there. Pocket sand would have been so good. The eagle eye viewer would have spotted there's a pile of coins in the bat cave earlier in the movie, but who cares? Who cares? This movie sucks. I fucking hate this movie. That's the only time they were in the bat cave because after that, they stayed in his pocket just in case for the rest of the movie. 
um, Riddler's box exploded and it kind of broke his brain. He looks like real goopy. He got like Cro Magnon. He looked like uh, he just looked like a cartoon character got blown up. I thought it was very cool. Why did breaking it reverse? It? And then at- like, did everybody get their IQ back equally? Or I don't know if anyone ever really lost IQ. Unclear. Unclear. Okay. At certain points, it seemed as if he was just tapping into them and hijacking their brain power. I think the long-term goal was to absorb all of them, but maybe it took a Where long time. Where else have you seen that green light before? I'll give you one guess. And then I won't wait until you guess until you would meteor man. Oh, meteor man. <laughs> Thank you. Remember when meteor man touches something and he oh, knows yeah. the thing of it for 30 seconds? There you go. Well, he's got a direct link to the box. Until he loses that link 30 seconds later, he don't got it no mo. I dig Maybe it. Maybe his mind was joined with the sphere, and then when it broke, he lost a little bit. Maybe Great just Samuel maybe all the movie. excess stuff, the excess IQ flowed into him, and it was too much, and he overloaded. Yeah. He looked a little messed up. He's not with it. Chase goes to see him at the hospital, like, asking him who he thinks Batman is. He does not remember who Batman is. He thinks it's him. I'm Batman. Very good. Very good. Okay. Bruce and Chase are all good. They're a couple now or something. And Bruce and uh, Robin run in front of a spotlight. And probably the coolest scene in the movie. Slow motion run. That's it. Ta-da. It's over. Just a quickie conversion. Yeah, you've seen all this shit. Look at the merchandise. That's the only interesting thing. That's the only thing that's related to anything. Obviously, they were cribbing a lot from the animated series or trying to. And uh, Bruce Tim, creator of the animated series, did not enjoy this movie. <laughs> they were trying to make a cartoon, and they made like a way worse cartoon than basically any other Batman cartoon. Which is tough, because there's some real, real stinkers out there. I guess. I really like the, the older Batman stuff was pretty good. Um, the Batman cartoon of the Batman 60s show, better than the Batman show. Last cast point I want to make, the gang leader is Don the Dragon Wilson, who's in a bunch of movies called Blood Fist. In the first two, he plays a character called Jake Ray. But in the next six Blood Fist movies after that, he plays different characters in every one. So he's in, he's in all eight. That I like. <laughs> Get the fuck out of here. He's in all eight Blood Fists. That's a good project, I guess. I mean, it's a good title. I kind of want to see Blood Fist one through six. I don't know about seven and eight. I would imagine that all six Blood Fists, if you combined all of their budgets, they would not make one quarter of a Batman Forever. No way. (laughs) The estimated budget, pretty big, uh, even for the time. I think this is the marketing budget in there as well. Again, I think this is a combined total. It's not just the production budget, but it was rounded out to right about 100 mil. It opened at 52, which was at the time almost unheard of that a movie could make 50 in one single weekend, but it did. It was extremely popular. In the US, it made 184 million altogether. The worldwide gross topped out at about 337. Critically, this a big old stinky one. Rotten Tomatoes has the tomato meter at a measly 39%. Audience score suffers even more at a 32. I think it's right, though. Feels right. Feels good. I think high 40s. 
the visuals are good, but I don't know that that could carry. Jim Carrey? Some of the visuals were real bad. It's a real toss-up. There's a lot to dislike in this movie. A lot of people do like disliking this movie. I think they are reaching a little too far, a lot of those folks, especially because the fact that Batman and Robin is a thing that exists. That being said, it's time for our segment, Who's Your Hero? Who's Your Villain? My hero is James Carey. Once again, great performance. Nothing bad to say about it. A couple weird things, but in this movie, he's a breath of fresh air. Yeah, he's really stealing the show. Jimothy is really knocking this one out of the park. I think my hero is the soundtrack of this movie. It is so good. It slaps to this day. First one without Danny Elfman. Still pretty good, though. It had soundtrack music and not just score in the in the movie, which was different. When Robin went and was doing that very bad impersonation or whatever he was doing, he was listening to Offspring. So that was interesting to hear the offspring smash it up in your Batman movie. Hero. I'm going to give this one to Val Kilmer. He's really playing in the Batman's Bruce Wayne space. I appreciate what he's trying to do. His tone is pretty good. The problem is, is everybody's tone is different and they're all kind of in different movies. So I think that would lead me to my villain, which is maybe Joel Schumacher, because I don't hate the tone. I don't hate the visuals. I don't hate the themes of this. Like, let's get heightened and and kookier, because I think the Riddler, the movie that the Riddler is in is perfect, but I don't think Joel Schumacher had a really good idea of what he wanted to do other than he wanted to do everything all the time. So he said, everyone, go for it. Like, get crazy. And you can see that everyone's pushing the envelope some too much. I mean, I think Nicole Kidman uh, is like kind of right up there with Tommy Lee Jones at certain points. But I don't think that he gave everyone a clear enough idea of like he said, everyone go crazy and do whatever you want, but didn't have a vision for an overall tone of the film. My villain is the uh, TV is a brain killer villain. That trope is so overplayed. That's all this movie was, was haha, kid watch TV, kid dumb, the movie. I'm just over that trope being in things. But it's probably why we're dumb. Maybe. Well, you guys already know who my villain is. Batman. Juror 384. Uh... <laughs> that guy couldn't comprehend anything that we were trying to accomplish. Nothing. And just when we, we made progress and final decisions, he was totally oblivious to what we discussed and decided. And listen, it's nothing to do with his views on issues or with his personality. (laughs) No. (laughs) He just couldn't comprehend it. So, Juror 384, come on, buddy. Caucasian male, middle-aged. You know what I'm talking about. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we sure do. And I, um, yeah. (laughs) Juror fucking 384, you fucking dog, you. (sighs) Well, Get we know how you feel about Jordan 384. Now it's time to uh, let us know how you feel about this movie. Did you enjoy your time in Gotham City? And would you recommend folks check this one out? I recommend that folks 
check out, if they can get a hold of it, the mm-hmm. Batman Forever Red Book Edition. <laughs> the guy just came out with, the, it's a fan edit, he just came out with the 15th anniversary enhanced edition, and it's, the original running time is 120 minutes, the fan edit running time, 120 minutes. They cut okay. 11 minutes and they added 10 minutes of deleted scenes, and it makes a significant difference. Really? Uh, I don't want to give too much. I would say check I, that out if you get a chance. I'm not going to give it that chance. I wouldn't recommend this over Richie Rich even. If these are wow. the only two options, I think you go Richie Rich every time. Because at least you have Cadbury to hold you the whole time. This doesn't even have a Cadbury. <laughs> <laughs> Alfred will make you a sandwich, but yeah, he, he won't hold you close, that's for sure. He won't hold you. He won't thrill you. He won't kiss you or kill you. I am slightly interested because I think that there is a movie here that could be great, but I don't think it is a Batman movie, and I don't think it's a Batman movie in 1995 is kind of my problem. I think they threw a lot of spaghetti at the wall, and I don't think any of it really stuck, except for Jim Carrey, and I'll say that. This is a, a great Riddler performance. Paul Dano did a Riddler again, and I think it was good because it was totally different. This is like the Frank Gorshin. And Jim Carrey talked about how one of his like TV idols growing up was Frank Gorshin. So I think he did that version of the Riddler as best as it could be done. But other than that, this movie is just boring. I was it's a trying not to fall asleep through the whole second half. So I don't think I would recommend this uh, to anyone. Maybe check out that fan edit. If you're feeling nostalgic, grab that fan edit. They're they're easy to find. Well, we've got one more Schumacher to go, and I'm wondering if that will be more or less painful. More. It's going to be more painful. Depends. It depends, because it's funnier. I have seen that it's one definitely more. definitely funnier. And, and it is definitely funnier in a lot of ways that George are Clooney takes some mostly swings unintentional. In there's some things to that'll happen there. But so join us for that one. Absolutely. Thank you so much for listening. Please remember to rate, review, and subscribe. You can also head on over to fleshhorse.com where you can become a subscriber to Nerdaplexy. Uh, you can also go over to nerdaplexy.com as well. But I suggest personally they're going to take you the exact same place you won't have to look at any weird flesh horses if you go to flesh horse you can see them if you if you'd like to can see them uh that being said um send us an email let us know what you like about the show uh or or if what you don't like send that send that to a different email but send send us what you like over to nerdaplexy at gmail.com or post that tweet at us over at NerdoplexyPod, where you can uh, interact with uh, our social media manager, Dave. Yeah, hit me up. Uh, I want to know your favorite Batman run, because it's not this one. It's not, it's not this movie. So what's your favorite Batman thing? Uh, you can also hit me up at the face of Dave. Excellent. Sam is at PGH underscore SVH. I am at uh, PGH underscore read. Hit me up on Twitter. Um, I, I got some uh, letterbox stuff going on, but uh, that's kind of a mother- mothership as well. So join us next time as we'll be checking out the Rob Schneider Sylvester Stallone vehicle. It's Judge Dredd. Hell yeah, dude. I am the law. But Wait until we meet again, we'd like to leave you with this thought to ponder. 
Batman will return in Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness 2. <laughs> <laughs> Multiversing harder. 